Praise the Lord. I'm just enjoying the presence of God today. How about you? Oh my gosh. Just loving being in here. I, I'm really happy about just being able to come into this building too. Just. Whew. I have a joke. You want to hear a joke? I just. Uh, might as well start. You know, most of you have told of most of you. Anyway, so I, I don't really know how to spell Armageddon, but that's not the end of the world. Okay, that's. Uh, let's go ahead and put up. What the resurrection means to who we are in Christ. Did you know that there are actually 300 references to Christ's resurrection in the Bible? It's the core, it's the core of the gospel. If there's no resurrection, there's no reason for the actual birth of Jesus. And I want to say this because the core, the concept of being so essential, uh, Paul wrote to, to Timothy in uh, chapter 4, verse 1, he said, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. This expressly word, the Holy Spirit emphatically says that in the latter times, which were in these days, some, some will depart from the faith. Some will depart. You probably know of some. And uh, there's a devoting to things that are deceitful, things that are wrong. A doctrine or a teaching of demons is a package of uh, things that sound right, but they're totally wrong. And so... We're going to look today at this beautiful understanding of the core, because Jesus stands alone. He stands alone as the only one. He's the, everybody say, He's the Son of God. He rose from the dead. And the key thing is that He broke the power of death. Broke it. It's destroyed. So there's a prayer. I, I put it up from uh, the Passion Translation. Just go I'm going to say it and pray it, but you can pray it along with me. This is actually Paul praying for us. He's praying for the Ephesians, the Ephesian people, uh, and this letter went out to a broader audience. Starting with verse 17. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the Spirit of Wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. 
And now he is exalted as the first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. Two more. And he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. One more. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth, that which fills him who is being filled by it. Now, I want to put up, uh, there's another slide. Go ahead. This, this is now, that, that was in the Passion Translation. This is in the um, English, uh, my brain just quit working there. Anyway, Ephesians 1, 19, 20 says, and what is the immeasurable greatness? Notice this. Immeasurable greatness is power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of heavenly places. I went and looked all these words up. This is what I came up with. God's surpassing magnitude of miraculous power according to the effectively strong working of his manifested force shown in the endowment of his physical ability and capacity that proved Christ strong by actively and energetically recalling him from the place of the dead and seating him at the right hand of God. It would be like you and I going into the weight room and here's this like, I don't know, lots of weights. And you just try to, you just, and you say, but you do it. You lift him up. There was something of raising Jesus and breaking death off of everybody. Lust develops into sin. Sin, when it's full grown, brings us death. There's a thing called the second death. What's the second death? The first death is that we're separated from God. The second death is you rejected Jesus. But for those who receive him, to him he gives life. And he breaks the power of death. I'm just always amazed that those who love the Lord can close their eyes and slip into the, the presence of the one who loves them so much. Let's just praise the Lord for that. There's something about not fearing death. What we fear probably more is just not being with our loved ones. But then there's a, on the other side, they're there. The ones that went before us. So there's uh, absolute proof of Jesus' deity and Jesus Christ is God and he's the son of God. We're going to look at the resurrection of Christ as the proof that Jesus will never die again. Let's go ahead. It's the proof that he'll never die again. Romans 6, 9, and 10. We know that Christ being raised from the dead, everybody, will never die again. A death no longer has a dominion over him. For death he died, he died to sin once and for all, that the life he lives, he lives to God. Next, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is where he took the sting of death for us. Everybody say hallelujah. Second, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 54b through 55. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Death is kind of like a, a bee. And it stung him once. And the stinger came out. And death is dead. Jesus took the sting. 
And now the stinger's gone. Let's just go ahead and praise the Lord. The stinger's gone. There's no torment and death anymore. The stinger's gone. Jesus took the sting. He took the sting of death. Oh, let's just praise the Lord. <laughs> For all who put their faith in him, you might, be, you're not, you might not know exactly what's going to happen, but then the moment you close your eyes and you just slip into the, the literal unimaginable love and bliss of, of, the, of the grace and generosity and kindness of God, it's just, a, you know, I'm not getting people to sign up right now to die. No, no, you have to fulfill your purpose. But we shouldn't fear it. We shouldn't fear it. The resurrection of Jesus is the guarantee of our forgiveness of sins. Let's just praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen. In Christ, if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. But because Jesus rose, forgiveness is complete. I just love him for that. You see, the devil can come back and tell you, you know, put shame on you. Listen, I want to say, uh, there's sometimes you can do things, open the door, get bruised, all kinds of uh, emotional uh, things that can happen to your heart. And I had some just horrible, horrible experiences early on in life where I was bruised and, and deeply, and shame would just come over me, just come over me. But the Lord Jesus did something where he began to show me that he was going to heal the bruise. See, just hold out your hand right there. See, if there's a bruise right here and I touch it, it feels like it got hit again. But when he heals the bruise, you touch it, it doesn't hurt anymore. And there's something so powerful when he heals the shame. When he heals the bruise, the shame doesn't, he doesn't come on you anymore. Does that make sense? I would be touched in an area where I had failure and I'd feel the, 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 the power of shame come over me. But Jesus has broken it because I'm completely forgiven. Praise you, Jesus. Now, look, let's step into the next one. This takes, there's three slides. Through the death and resurrection of, the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have been given the gift of repentance. Everybody say gift. And forgiveness of sins to, and it's given to Israel, to the Gentiles, and to bound believers. Now, this became very important to me because I didn't realize that repentance was a gift. You can't force somebody to come to know Jesus. They've got to be given a gift. When Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, how many of you ever experienced when Jesus says something, he gives you the capacity to do it? So when he was saying repent, he was releasing the ability to repent in the land. And this is where later in Acts uh, 30, 31, this is how it's written. Luke wrote it. The God and fathers, God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on the tree. God exalted him at the right hand as leader and savior. Look at this. To give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. To give it. And then later we see when Peter has gone to the Cornelius' house and he comes back and they say, Oh my gosh, God's saving the Gentiles. This is what he says, Acts eleven eighteen. When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. It's a gift. And then, of course, for bound believers, I was saved. 
for many, many years and bound. I was going to heaven, but I wasn't having a good time getting there. How many are really suffering under the rule and dominion of the adversary in some area of their life? I can do a whole lot of teaching on strongholds and arguments and high things, exalted structures, and things that get between you and God and how God's given us the power to cast them down, pull them down, bring those thoughts into captivity. It's a gift that God gives us to rule over these areas, but the way he does it is found right here. 2 Timothy 2, 25b, it says, God may perhaps... Grant them repentance. Leading to the knowledge. Let me just say this. If a person is super, super bitter, and you really become friends with bitterness, because it's given you the authority in your own soul to go ahead and blame everybody else for your bad life. And if you can't blame everybody else for it, and you get over that, see, there's like a, there's a, it's like a friend. What if I let go of my friend and I have to take responsibility? And says, well, you know what? What if God grants you some repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth and that they come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will? I would, I would go ahead and say, I bet you, I bet you, I bet you there are people in the room that have points of captivity in their hearts right now. They're not free. And we camp out in the realm of where Jesus sets us free. And the big reason is because I was saved and bound so long. And I just can't stand it. That if Jesus can do this for me, he can do it for you. And somebody said, Amen. Others looked at me like, No, no, you're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. The resurrection. Release the power of repentance. Let's go ahead. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have been given new birth. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The hope, Jesus is risen from the dead, therefore we get new birth, new life. Hallelujah. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are delivered from the future wrath to come. Somebody say praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. You see how the resurrection is tied to all these these resources? That if he hadn't raised from the dead, we wouldn't have this. If he wouldn't raise from the dead, we wouldn't have forgiveness. We wouldn't have new birth. We wouldn't have nothing. But because he rose from the dead, it's so core, it's so central to who we are in Christ. Jesus Christ raised up from the dead and broke the power and released newness of life and we are saved and rescued from the wrath to come he's given us new birth and we are just cherished little kids he just look come on whoa, whoa, whoa. this morning driving in i was like i don't know about you guys but uh sometimes you go through little fires and warfares and so i went through a little fire and warfare 
And um, I was praising God, and I prayed in the Spirit a lot, and I was driving in. And I had the most beautiful little picture of the Lord. Have you ever had somebody, like, like, um, like there's a little kid, and you go, you do your fingers like this. Come on, come on. The Lord did that for me. The Lord knows how to heal your boo-boo. He knows how to pour love into you. Come on. I may have been slow to... But you can get there. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have the certainty of a coming day of judgment. Acts 17.31 Because He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom He has appointed. And all of this He has given assurance to all by raising Him from the dead. Hallelujah. And uh, we talked, uh, what, a week or so ago, I forget... The days just fly by, but how Jesus will take and separate the sheep and the goats. And he's going to invite people into his incredible presence. Hallelujah. Also, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we also we will also be raised with Jesus. Second Corinthians four fourteen, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us us also with Jesus to bring us with you into his presence. And 1 Corinthians six, fourteen, and God raised the Lord who will also raise us up by his power. This is the beautiful thing. As some of us, um, you know, there's going to be a, a day. I don't, I don't know everything about all the last time. Here's, here's the key thing. If you really want to go and be with Jesus, you're going to be caught up with him when he comes. Tell the person next to you, get caught up with him right now. Let him have your heart. Don't be patty-caking with the world. Don't be caught up in the world. Separate yourself out and say, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be completely consumed with the purposes and love of God in my life. And I want to talk about now, here's, this is an extraordinary thing, you know. And I have a couple of slides that are pictures. This, uh, I just want to look at that for a minute because that's kind of like a, a moment where the stone is rolled away, an angel shows up, there's an earthquake, this is this explosion of light. And then what happens next is there's, uh, it happens at the same time, there's, there's Roman soldiers there, and they flee in terror, and they're shocked. But you know who else is there? Those women. And the angel tells the women that Jesus is risen. And then they run back, and they go back to, the, um, to tell the disciples, and Peter and John run to the tomb. And they run to the tomb, and at the same time, so they're there, and they see that uh, Jesus isn't there, that he's risen. Now, all of this has happened because the sheer power of the resurrection, and now all this news is going out. He's not here. He's not here. There's a big story. If you want to read, there's, uh, of course, Matthew and Luke and, and John. You have a, a lot of the accounts, and so you kind of can line them up together and look at how they flow. Well, when the disciples come back, Mary comes back. And Mary sees this man, and, and he looks like potentially the gardener. And uh, has this. And Mary is uh, wanting to see him, and basically says, Don't, you, you know, can't touch Mary. I haven't ascended yet to heaven. 
But he says this. This is the beauty of the Lord. The very first person that he encounters is a woman whom he cast seven demons out. To me, years ago, I was thinking, gosh, that's not very many compared to what I had. But maybe they were like really vicious. Well, mine were vicious. What demon's nice, you know? Maybe seven meant she was just completely packed. Seven, a complete number. You know what I mean? Like she's done with, you know. But, but she falls in love with the Lord because she's free. She's free. People who get free by the Lord love the Lord. There's like when huge amounts of sin and all kinds of demon torment leave your life, you go, wow, this is amazing. And so, you know, when I, like the Lord, you know, come here, give me a hug. He goes, no, 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 not right yet. He says, says this, he says this. Everybody just receive this. He says to her, and he says to you, I'm going to my father and your father. I'm going to my God and your God. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is now Abba, Abba Daddy. That changes everything. The fullness of Daddy God coming into our life changes everything. It changes everything. Some of you are still beginning to get glimpses of, hey, he's too wonderful to even imagine from this realm. But he's so wonderful. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving us our Father. Hallelujah. And then Jesus disappears from there, and he's walking along the road. To him. There's these two guys going along the road. Some of them believe it um, could be Cleopas and maybe his wife, but uh, usually they show two men. Anyway, there, there's a seven mile, usually it's about seven miles. Some accounts say 17, but, but anyway, seven miles to get to uh, Emmaus. And they're walking along, and this guy shows up. And he says, hey, why go so, you know, what you're so down and out about? He says, what's the deal? Haven't you even heard? Jesus Christ was crucified. Jesus is hiding in plain sight. I just love this about Jesus. He's just going along. What's going on, guys? This is a beautiful thing about his personality, you know? He's like, do-do-do-do-do. And they're going, oh, man, you don't know nothing, you know? He goes, and then suddenly he starts to open up from the law and the prophets, and he starts to share about Christ Jesus have you ever heard those, in Genesis, he was, you know, go through the whole Bible? I don't think he did that. But, but he's just taking passages and saying, there's Jesus here, and there's Jesus there. The sacrificial lamb, that's a picture of Jesus. Moses being delivered, that's a picture of Jesus. You know, I'll just go, go on and on and on. And, they're, and they finally get to Emmaus, and he's just going, we'll see you guys. And he goes, no, 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 no. No, come on in. And they, he comes in the house with them, and, and then he, he pulls his break the bread and bless it trick. So he blesses the bread, breaks it, and their eyes open up, and they see it's Jesus. And then he goes, gone. He disappears. Oh, my God. They look at each other and say, oh, didn't our hearts burn with us when he was talking? Oh, my. Uh, let's go back and tell the others. And there they go, three-hour trek. They go back. They go back to the other group. You wouldn't believe what happened. They get back to the other group. And Jesus, they're in there talking. And suddenly out of thin air, Jesus steps in. Poof, here he's, back. he's there. 
They had to go three hours, but Jesus kind of hovered around in the spirit realm, I guess. He pops in, and he says, peace. And everybody, oh my God, peace be, this is so beautiful. And he says, hey guys, look, it's me, it's me. It's not, I'm not a ghost, it's me. It's not flesh and blood. And he, check, check me out, he has him touch his hands and his side and everything. And he says, hey, give me, so you got any bold fish? And he eats some fish to prove that it's him. It's amazing. The personal attention to prove that he's risen from the dead. And then Thomas is not there. So about eight days later, he shows up. This is incredible because he comes to Thomas and Thomas wasn't there and Thomas was so disappointed and he has this, he shows up, he says, same thing, shows up in the room. The, root, the doors are locked and they're hiding away. And Jesus steps in out of thin air again. He keeps pulling this. It's almost like he likes to play peekaboo or hide his, hiding, you know, hey guys, peace be with you. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> Thomas, come here, come here, come here. He says, Thomas, put your hand right here. He feels it. Put, take your hand, put it on my side. And he, and he goes, Thomas, oh, my Lord and my God. Thomas responds. And Jesus says, oh, you believe me because you've basically seen me, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Is the room full of those people? Jesus is what he was talking about. You were what he was talking about right then. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and praise Him again. You haven't seen Him, but you put your faith in Him. I haven't seen Him, but I've experienced Him. People say, how do you know Jesus is real? Can I tell you? He changed my life. I'm living proof. I was one way and I'm another way. He did it. He forgave me of sins. He caused me to understand that all the wrong things that happened in my life, His multitude, His love covers a multitude of sins. Thank you, Jesus. And then we see another beautiful thing. Because Peter, even though we have, we have little glimpses that Peter was there, and of course there, there's even another passage, I think as Matthew said, that he saw Peter. He was really concerned about Peter. And Peter just kind of, uh, because look, Peter cursed the fact that he even knew him. So Peter was just, he needed some extra attention. How many of you have done really dumb, dumb things, dumb, 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 where you just really say, I'm just going to check out, I'm going to go do my own thing, I'm tired of it, blah, 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 blah. And then because you get mad at God or someone. And that's what Peter thought he could pull off following with Jesus in his own strength. And it just doesn't work that way. And I don't care who you are, you're going to come to the end of yourself following Jesus. It's going to have to be Him doing it in you. Everybody say, yes. Some of the older, wiser ones, yes. The younger ones still are not there yet. So Jesus breaks the curse. He curses him three times before the, the uh, whatever the, the cock crows in the morning. And so Peter's still disheartened about his own actions and attitude. Jesus meets with him, and he asks him three different times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's kind of staring down at the fish. He goes, you know I love you. Tend my lambs. Peter, do you love me? What he's doing, he's systematically breaking the curse. Jesus knows how to break a curse. 
He did it. He cursed three times, rejected him three times. He comes and cancels it out. Peter, do you love me? Breaks it. Peter, do you love me? Breaks it. Peter, do you love me? Breaks it. Everybody say, Jesus knows how to restore your heart. That's what the resurrection is about. Restoration. And then we see another opportunity. There's a, Paul actually explains that Jesus meets him. He's seen physically in front of 500 people at one time. 500 people. By the way, uh, I was reading a while back where whenever one of the things about the writing of the Scriptures is that when you put a name like Cleopas and you put it in the text, well, Cleopas, when those letters went out, he was still alive. So he was actually there, and they say, well, I want to know more about the resurrection. Well, there's Cleopas. So you go to Jerusalem and find, or you go to Emmaus and find Cleopas. And Cleopas will tell you all about it. It's like a living reference. That's what those things in the Bible were. You could go talk to the person. 500. And then, of course, we have the moment where Jesus ascends into heaven. And uh, we'll get into, then, of course, the day of Pentecost. We'll be talking about, uh, as we go through this particular series of through the end of April talking about knowing who we are in Christ and we'll start I think we'll talk about partnering with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes and helps us become like Jesus I want to ask if you would lift your head let's go ahead and put this Todd was gracious to give me this uh, I want to just look at this for a minute but we're going to would you Lift up your voice with me and make a decree. There's two screens here. We're going to decree over the spirit of resurrection. Before we do, right before we do, I'd like to say this. If you're here and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, maybe you've not living the way you'd like to, and you're saying what you're saying today makes sense to me, I want to reestablish something of a dedication of my life to the Lord. I don't. I look around. I, I'm, I'm assuming I would make an assumption. I could be wrong, but I'm believing that most everybody here has placed their faith in Jesus at one time or another. But people can lose their grip. People can slip. I would like to ask you to establish in your own voice when you declare the truths on this slide. In fact, let's go ahead and stand together. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Man. Right before we do this, just lift our hearts up. Lift our hearts before the Lord. I feel like the Lord wants to, um, very sincerely, I'm not being silly. I feel that there's some of you that you need Jesus to play peekaboo with you. 
that you need the tenderness of the Lord's grace and mercy and love and camaraderie and special attention. You might be like Thomas, where you're just uncertain. Well, Jesus didn't leave Thomas uncertain. He went to him and reaffirmed to him. Jesus knows how to come to Thomases who are struggling. He knew how to come to Peter. Peter had been so discouraged in himself. The Lord Jesus knows how to take extra time with our hearts to reestablish a broken commitment to Him. Jesus didn't shame Peter. He came and cooked fish and had a meal with him and began to entreat his heart to a restoration moment. Come on, let's worship the Lord. He's so good. He's so good. He knows how to come to your life and say, you only see on this realm, but I'm going to let you know there's another realm. I'm going to go to my Father, and you're going to have something happen in your heart, and all the pains of earthly fathers they're going to leave your life because I'm going to introduce you to my Father and my Father become your Father and let the healing begin. The extraordinary gift given to us because Jesus rose from the dead and to release all of His goodness to us. Would you worship His worship? We're going to say this. We're going to say, just worship the Lord with me. Just bring your heart. Let Him just cascade His love over your inner being and say, where there's a feeling of shame, where you've let Him down, where you, you don't feel like you're just all there, the Lord says, let me love you. Let me reinstate you. Rededicate you. Resensitize you to me. Praise you, Lord. I feel like the word strip away. The Lord wants to strip away coldness. Strip away what's made you hard, hardness of soul. Strip away things that are calloused. Strip away things that are desensitizing in your own heart. Where the Lord wants to give you the joy of who He is freshly, even today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We open to that. Open to that. Open to that. I want to go ahead and say, if you have really struggled, he has put all your tears in a bottle. He's that. He's that. He's numbered all the hairs on your head, but He's put every tear. Every tear. He is so personally attentive. This is the power. What the resurrection of Jesus shows us is how personally attentive He is. He's personally attentive to you and I to win us over. Even after it's proved that He's alive, He comes to the heart that's still struggling. Come on and praise the Lord with me. Praise the Lord. This is our God. Our God cares so deeply and so lovingly and so preciously. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and shoot up some, I'm sorry. I repent, Jesus. I turn my heart to you. I don't want to be cold. I haven't been on fire. I've been simmering and I haven't been full of life and full of full of the flame. Just go ahead and say, I want to have my heart fully, brightly lit up. 
I want to be passionately pursuing you. I don't want to be quenched. I don't want to be uh, out of, I just, I don't want to be a smoldering, smoldering anything. I want to be a fully full lit fire inside of my inner being. I want to walk with Jesus fully lit up, passionately pursuing him. I don't want this world. I want Jesus. I don't want my flesh. I want Jesus. I don't want the demonic. I want Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift up our heads now and just declare this. The Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your only Son, Jesus, who was born of a virgin, was crucified for my sins, was buried, and three days later arose, who ascended to your right hand, where he continually makes intercession for me. We declare our hope is anchored in the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And according to Romans 8.11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. And we pray that the power of the spirit of resurrection would bring new life to us this day. Hallelujah. Let's declare it. New life, spiritually, physically, mentally, relationally, and financially. We thank you for the abundant life that you have offered to us, and we receive it by faith this day. And we now together ask you to bring new life by your spirit of resurrection to City Church, that the resources we need would be provided, and most importantly, that your presence would be manifested to demonstrate the love and power of your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in North Central West Virginia in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to do what we did. Uh, we, we have a new little style of things. I just want you to know, if you've been tenderized by the Lord as we dismiss, I just want you to know that we're going to make, a, we're, as we dismiss, if you want to take a little bit of time and come to the altar. Because we don't want to just, suddenly the Lord does something and then you walk out and lose it. Sometimes there's just a moment at the altar where something seeds down inside of you. And I'll be, you know, sometimes a, there's several of us that the Lord might whisper something. And we come and affirm what the Lord's doing. We just want you to know and be deeply assured that the Lord has you in the palm of His hand and nobody can get you out. Amen. If you want to come, come on. We're going to dismiss now. He's risen. If I say he's risen indeed. Hallelujah.